We've got uh, Matt Schneider with us uh, this morning, and um, as, as uh, David Tanner said, well, we've already heard from him. We've right. already done this. Uh, <laughs> Pilgrim's on a journey round he only two. Had, he only had so much to say. So, um, but actually, we're going to talk about this morning uh, the place of the Advent in the life of the city of Birmingham. Uh, you know, we've got these little hearts, uh, and one of our hearts is that uh, we have a heart for the city of Birmingham, uh, among other things. And so that's been our tradition, that's been our history uh, for the longest time, but uh, normally that involvement in the city of Birmingham, uh, and it still is the case, and this is a good thing, we don't want to take away from this, that is individual members and clergy have always been active in the life of the city, uh, whether they're involved in different organizations uh, or, or whatever it might be, uh, we've, we've, we've been there. Um, but Matt uh, was brought on board uh, to be able to kind of get even more under the surface because I think it's important that the church, especially the Advent, uh, be involved in the amazing revitalization that's going on uh, in our downtown area and really where we've seen, I mean, you, you see the parking lot where First Baptist used to be. Uh, we, we see churches either folding up shop and leaving downtown or just sort of thinking, you know, we're... Um, we're just going to um, have a chaplaincy model and, uh, and, and we'll, we'll deal with whatever comes down the pike where the Advent uh, is very much in this place and would never dream uh, of, of leaving. Um, uh, unless you want to build me some sort of mega complex with a coffee bar in it. Just kidding. Just a joke. That's a joke. So, but before we go any further, let's pray. Sure. Let's pray. Uh, Heavenly Father, we thank you for the city of Birmingham. We pray uh, for its people, uh, its leaders. Uh, Lord, we pray for the church in Birmingham, Lord, that you would open our eyes uh, to the creative work that you are doing here and that we might uh, be blessed and privileged uh, to get on board with it. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Okay, so Matt, um, what, uh, you know, we see a lot of revitalization going on downtown in areas like um, Second Avenue right. and places like that. But talk to us a little bit about what you've been involved in in the community and, um, and some of the neat things that maybe we may not be aware of happening in Birmingham. Yeah, well, I mean, just <laughs> I'm acutely aware of the fact that I've lived here 10 months. <laughs> the first time I set foot in the city of Birmingham was 11 months ago when we came for the interview. Um, and so I, I just put that out there. You know, I, I, I speak as a, a partial insider at this point, uh, you know, but I guess what I do bring to the equation is an outsider's perspective um, to the city of Birmingham. Um, and I'll just say I'm really excited about the city of Birmingham. And Holly and I have uh, really fallen in love with it. Um, and uh, so any one thing that I've tapped into, I don't know, I feel like I'm kind of all over the place and still learning so much on a day-to-day -day basis. But it seems to be that the city, from what we understand, has uh, been going through something uh, really positive in the last, I don't know, what would you say, five to 10 years? Does that sound about right? Um, longer than that, I, 11 maybe? Months. 11 months, yeah. <laughs> uh, too long. Well, you know, I don't know. So, you know, we see what we see. Uh, but uh, I've heard that, you know, for example, Railroad Park uh, was a big uh, catalyst uh, for uh, the revitalization that's happening and things like the Barron's 
uh, regions field coming in, but there's so much uh, just popping up overnight. And things that leave too, you know, I'm sad that in the time that we've been here, V. Richards has closed down. I'm also sad that the bottle tree has closed down in the time that we've been here, but uh, something else will come in, you know? So um, some things come and some things go. Uh, I don't know if I'm answering your question as much as I'm meandering around. Yeah, uh, so tell wanna... me, I mean, you, you're part of um, what used to be called Creative Roundtable, right? Or is it? Is well, that I just, yeah. I've been attending uh, this one uh, gathering that meets once a month called Birmingham Creative Roundtable. And actually, Brooke Fleming's here. <laughs> Brooke, wave. Uh, she uh, heads up Birmingham Creative Roundtables. One of the things when we first got here that uh, piqued my interest is a gathering of uh, uh, creative people um, about once a month. It's sort of a pop-up shop and that it moves around and some people provide coffee and pastries and a guest speaker comes in and talks uh, about their, really their business venture. The most recent one was a guy who started Harris, who started Trim Tab Brewery, which is another thing that's happening, you know, with the laws changing in the past several years that these breweries are, have, have uh, have uh, started and they seem to be symbolic of the revitalization efforts of the city and TrimTab uh, being one of the um, one of the really exciting ones uh, and the model that they've taken is community partnership uh, so it's not just a brewery that makes beer but part of the identity is partnering with other organizations and businesses in the city and so Harris talked about that and the goal of that organization, and Brooke could speak to it with uh, much more authority, is uh, to help. Uh, there are a lot of creative people in town who are starting really interesting things but might not have the sort of business background to, um, to uh, think it through uh, efficiently. And so the, the point of that gathering is to give people the, um, the expertise and knowledge, sort of learn from each other uh, uh, how you might take your creative uh, endeavors and, and parlay them into a business mm -hmm. uh, and be it sustainable. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, one of the things, when I, I say that we have a heart for the city of Birmingham, I mean more than just the downtown area. We're certainly a place that's rooted in a specific location, downtown Birmingham, uh, which y'all are very well aware of. I mean, you, you all drive in, uh, you pass probably some good churches on the way in that have ample parking. Uh, and. Um, and so, uh, but, but by God's mercy, uh, you're here. And, but what I mean by that, too, is the bigger picture, that it's not just the, the city itself, but also Homewood, Mountain Brook, sure. Vestavia, yeah. uh, the adjoining communities, because it really does. I mean, I think it's so interesting that uh, I've never really seen this anywhere else, where in Birmingham you have distinct municipalities like, Homewood and Vestavia and Mountain Brook that have their own school system, their own system of government, and yet everybody still puts Birmingham on their mailing right. address. Where are you from? Birmingham. Right. right. And, and if they it's put something else, yeah, Birmingham, you, it'll come to me. Yeah. yeah, you just sort of turn your nose up at anyone who does something otherwise. But, um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean, it, so there's this culture, I feel like, that the people really do care about uh, the city of Birmingham. And so talk to us a little bit about you know, one of the things that Jeremiah talks about in the Old Testament is um, during the exile, the Babylonian exile, uh, most people felt like, okay, we're here, I'm going to bide my time, and then I'm out of here. Right. Um, now, uh, the word that came from the Lord through the prophet was, 
when you go to some place where you don't want to be, build gardens, have kids, marry your children, marry your children locals. off. Yeah. yeah. So this, it's not you know, this is not just some huge speed bump that you're encountering or a hoop you have to jump through. Uh, and not to be too cliche, but sort of a bloom where you're planted. Like, I mean, you're where you are for a specific reason, right. and God can use you. And so um, put down roots. Yeah. Uh, put down roots. And, uh, and so, I mean, there, there is this interesting phenomenon where you have churches that um, sometimes have a sort of fortress mentality, and I'm not trying to be judgmental of that, but they do just sort of, you know, we do our own thing, and what goes on around us is what goes on around us. And then... Uh, what we're trying to do, which is, yes, we want to be an ark of refuge, uh, but we want to keep the door open, and also we want to be able to go out and tend our gardens, have our children, and yeah. be in the world but not of the world. Yeah, um, so much to unpack there. I think, um, yeah, I, you know, the, the church uh, in certain uh, wings of uh, Christendom, maybe it's kept culture at arm's distance you know this world is uh, is dying and we'll you know we'll all fly away to heaven so what do we care you know i mean let's just save a bunch of souls while we're here but theologically that's problematic and we're we are planted here in this time and place in birmingham and so how can we participate in what god is doing here um outside of ourselves you know what is god at work at what's happening on second avenue north has anyone ever asked that question before? You know, um, Larry Taunton put uh, Fixed Point on Second Avenue uh, for a deliberate reason, if you know about that organization, um, because he, he, he noticed that um, the people that he's trying to reach are hanging out at Urban Standard on Second Avenue. Uh, they're not, uh, the people he's trying to reach aren't uh, necessarily in downtown Mountain Brook, although those are his major supporters. They're his, his board. Um, and so that speaks to this sort of expansive nature of Birmingham as well. But, um, you know, the advent, though, coming to us, uh, what is our place uh, in uh, the city limits of Birmingham, especially the north side, uh, downtown, uh, or this sort of general area of Birmingham? Uh, we're kind of a congregation, for the most part, that's dislocated from its geographic space. That's something I've had to learn. You know, we're our building is down here, yet most of our people, congregation-wise, actually live over the mountain. Uh, and yet you all come here for some reason. Why do you come here? You know, I mean, seriously, why do you, why do you pass so many places with uh, better parking uh, to come to this church? Um, you know, is it the architecture? Is it the fact that the gospel's uh, preached directly? Uh, is it a combination of the two? Um, is, it his, is it our historic role in the city? Um, well, you know, here we are. Um, how can we affect our uh, surrounding area? If the city is going through revitalization, I think it's in our best interest, and we are participating in it, but how can we explicitly say, well, this is really interesting. Uh, how can we participate in this and what God is doing in Birmingham and not like, you know, in 10 years look back and go, oh, gee whiz. <laughs> All this exciting stuff happened around us, and uh, we, uh, you know, our head was in the sand. We were just sort of hunkered down at the corner of Sixth Avenue and Twentieth Street. Um, I think uh, we we can play a role and ought to play a, a role in what's happening. And uh, so do you want to ask anything else to help me uh, clarify yeah. where yeah, I'm I mean, going? One of the things, uh, you know, one of the things that. Um, 
I'm sure that, that most of you can speak better to it than Matt and I, but um, somebody told me uh, that never be fewer and fewer people are working downtown, but more and more people are living uh, downtown. Isn't that and interesting? So, I mean, the fact that, I mean, there's a Publix going in. We're going to get a grocery store. Um, uh, and, uh, and so it... I mean, and I, and I admit my own sort of parochial nature. When Stephen McCarthy came here, he said, he said, I think I want to live downtown. And I said, oh, okay. So I called the realtor and I said, take him to Highland Avenue, take him over to Crestwood. Five Point South, take him to, yeah. And then, and then Stephen moves into the old Chamber of Commerce building where Billy Holsey still has a reserved parking spot, by the way, in case uh, you ever need to park there, Millie. Um, and, uh, and so when he, I mean, when he went there, I just thought, what? Um, it just wasn't the radar, but they're converting all of these uh, apartment buildings into into lofts. And in fact, they have a new project over by Railroad Park. Right. And uh, and you're moving there. Yeah. So uh, we're moving. My family and I are moving to downtown um, to a new development overlooking Railroad Park. That's called uh, Live Parkside. Lives the development company that's building it. Parkside, by the way, if you don't know, is what is now sort of the new name of the neighborhood that's around uh, Railroad Park and Regions Field Park. Um, uh, and uh, I think that particular area to me right now is the most exciting um, of what's happening, not only because of this building that we're moving into, uh, but uh, also, what is it called, the, the steam plant with the two... Alabama Power, is it? Uh, Powell Avenue steam plant is going to be revitalized um, uh, to be some sort of marketplace, I think. Uh, there's a new trail that's being built that's connecting Railroad Park to Sloss Furnaces uh, along the First Avenue South Corridor along the railroad. Uh, there are other buildings that are moving into that uh, neighborhood, including where Publix is going in, so that downtown is no longer going to be what's called a food desert. Um, it's, it's an actual social justice term uh, where people uh, have to uh, either go to like really expensive uh, corner stores and buy their food or drive as far away as, as Whole Foods over the mountain. Now you can actually live in the loft district and walk and go buy groceries or you're going to be able to. Um, so yeah, Holly and I, when thinking about uh, sort of our mission and role as a uh, uh, clergy person at the Advent and who I'm particularly trying to reach eventually came to the conclusion we really just we need to live in the city of Birmingham itself uh, and uh, thankfully our kids can go to the Advent school so we don't have to worry about the the school district in Birmingham that allows us to do that which is another point you know I mean the the school district and uh, the city of Birmingham as long as we've been here, it comes up like once or twice a week in terms of where you live. Um, it's another place of injustice that is a, needs to be addressed and is being addressed, but uh, that is the thing that prevents so many people with young families from living in uh, the city itself. A lot of people will live where we're moving to, and when their kid, their first child turns four, they move where? They go to Homewood or, or Mountain Brook because the school districts are better. Um, but I think and I hope and pray that that problem will be solved eventually because of, of what we're seeing. Um, it might be a while. Uh, hopefully by the time my children are in high school uh, because the advent goes to eighth grade. Yes. <laughs>
<laughs> with no plans of expansion. Yeah. Um, well, tell us a little. You know, um, we you know, Ryan Griffin, who's a parishioner here, uh, is is one of the partners at um, at Live. And tell us a little bit about. I mean, here's here's some guys in the development business, uh, but they see it as their ministry. So talk yeah. us a little bit about their model when they build a new development. How do they handle it? Well, you know, I don't know where Jim went. Thanks to Jim Cooper for connecting us, by the way, uh, to the live development um, folks. Uh, the the executives, from what I gather, for the most part, or all of them, are are Christians and. Um, their way of mapping their Christian faith to their work is what they do is Liv has uh, apartment develops all over the southeast from Texas to, to Georgia and everywhere in between, uh, north and south of there as well. Uh, and it happens to be based out of Birmingham, and this building is built in Birmingham. That's a coincidence. But what they do in each development is they place a minister. They recruit a minister to live there. Uh, for the sake of something like evangelism, uh, community organizing, um, uh, for the spiritual welfare of the, the people who live in their buildings. Uh, and they've noticed that it actually affects their bottom line <laughs> because people are happier and they want to stay longer. And what costs a lot of money in the apartment uh, industry is when they're constantly turning over because, you know, you have a, a, comp, a, a unit that's empty for a month and you've got to repaint it and things like that. But um, here's an example of a company that's uh, thought of a way to strategically um, be faithful in what they're doing in, in, a, in a corporate environment. Um, and so uh, they've recruited us to live in this development for that purpose. Uh, 258 units um, that we've been asked to be in relationship with downtown uh, Birmingham and uh, that's tremendously exciting to me I'm a bit daunted by the task like you know I mean I've got enough work to do um, but <laughs> but um, uh, I you know I'm really excited to see what will happen and it's not just the apartment building you know I'm already talking to the property manager of the building it's not even completed yet if you go down there you'll you'll think Matt's moving here in September uh, it just looks like a skeleton of a building but but it, hopefully it will be, um, because that's our plan. Um, but uh, you know, we're already talking to the, the director of Railroad Park, um, wanting to speak with the folks at Good People Brewery. Uh, we'll probably talk to the folks at Regions Field about how can we be in relationship together. And somehow, and I know it'll happen because I wear a collar a lot, somebody's going to talk to me about Jesus. Um, and hopefully some of them will come around to the Advent, you know, um, and, uh, and then you all can minister to them. I really, uh, this is a, a, a team effort here. It's not just me and Holly, because we'll fail if it's just the two of us. We really need uh, your help in this endeavor. So, I mean, this apartment building, is it, is it going to overlook Regions Field? Are you going to be the guy with, like, the hot tub at Wrigley Field over, <laughs> overlooking the, the Yeah, the, the pool wall. overlooks uh, Regions. It doesn't, uh, I mean, Railroad Park, it doesn't overlook Regions oh. Field. We specifically asked for apartment not overlooking Regions Field because Friday at 10 p.m., our kids are going to... work Friday. Our kids are going to go crazy. Um, <laughs> so uh, ours is not overlooking Regions Field. Um, uh, we're... We're overlooking downtown. I like that view better, actually. Um, but uh, yeah. So sorry. What was the question? Was it no, the, the hot was, tub? No, it's not really a hot question tub? about hot yeah. tubs, but um, about hot tub safety. So um, I mean, one of um, I mean, this is actually one of the great things, and I've mentioned this earlier, but 
about the Advent is that we have a ton of individuals who like who we're talking about with live the the development you know that are you see they're putting their faith to and practice in their in their vocations and in their callings um, and so that's kind of been I mean that that's a, that's a real fruit uh, of the ministry here of, of the gospel taking hold in somebody's life and them yeah. them going out and not just that but also in in service to the community whether that's through foundation work or through elected office or, or, or whatever uh, it uh, it might be. I mean, some of y'all may be curious to know, um, or maybe not, doesn't matter, I'm going to tell you, the, um, that uh, one of the things that we've been talking about recently is, is payday lending, um, where uh, folks are, are charged an exorbitant amount of uh, uh, interest in just um, working with local credit unions uh, to try to make loans more accessible right. uh, for folks. Um, and so, I mean, these things are, are not ends in and of themselves, uh, but what they are manifestations in our faith that ultimately what we want to see is for them to come to faith in, in the Lord Jesus. Uh, but we're not using it as a manipulative tool. It's not like... That's a really know, good point. Yeah. That's a helpful point. I mean, a lot of the stuff that I do uh, is in relationship with art, and uh, cultural interests, and I'm really careful about those things not becoming a, a means toward an end, like a bait and switch, because as soon as people sniff that out, um, th those are the things that have given us bad reputations in the past, but I'm actually really interested in art. I mean, uh, and there's a faith component to it as well. It's uh, a fruit of the spirit. Um, for me and uh, for other people who might not even be folks of faith who are artists and have creative endeavors, it's still a pl it comes from a place deep from inside where there's sort of ex existential wondering. Uh, and so it's easy for me to talk about art and then get pretty quickly to the, the Christian message. I don't even need to force it sometimes. Um, but it, it, it's the same thing when it comes to, you know, when we're trying to solve a payday lending problem or we talked about food deserts or whatever it is you know um, we, at a certain level you've got to really actually think that that's a problem that needs to be solved and is not simply uh, just a, a launch pad toward proselytizing people um, because it'll actually backfire uh, it'll actually backfire talk about that's let's let's uh, I'll, I'll chase this rabbit what you know, one of the things that, that I've read recently uh, from art critics is just how much bad art there, there <laughs> is out there. And so, uh, who is it, Flannery O'Connor? Maybe it wasn't Flannery O'Connor. I don't remember who it was, but uh, they said that, you know, there are too many books. There are too many people writing books, and they just need to stop it. Um, uh, because they're writing a lot of... Right. A lot of and, I mean, we, and we live in a culture now where you can sort of put yourself out there because of social media and stuff like yeah, that. Internet. So you can self-publish, yeah. uh, things like that. So, but, um, you know, so again, the sort of responses are, um, we're going to start a Christian version of, of whatever it is. So, you know, uh, this yeah, person's very nice. Footprints in the sand. Yeah, or yeah. But somebody say, you know, I'm going to, you know, we, would you like to have Christian ballet at the advent? And I thought, well, I thought there was good ballet and bad ballet, right. you know, or, or, you know, what's the difference between Christian ball, ballet and, and, and regular ballet when actually 
uh, art at, at a very deep level uh, can be expressive of the author's, the artist's faith. And so why, why is there so much bad art? <laughs> I wish I knew. Uh, I'm reading a book right now that's called Let's Talk About Love, which is an exploration of Celine Dion. And it's... Uh, you clearly it's don't book, have enough to do. It's a book about... <laughs> You're going to have to revisit this uh, whole thing, man. Right. This, is what I, this is what I'm doing half the day. Yeah. Just reading about Celine Dion. I did notice that you were but it's whistling coming into the play. I mean, to Titanic. We're working right yeah. now, so, you know, I mean, it all relates. But it's an exploration of taste, of, like, why do so many people around the world buy Celine Dion stuff. Maybe you own it. No offense, but you know, I, I think it's, it's not very good. Um, <laughs> maybe you have time. Oh, I remember, tell us why, right. tell, you gave us some statistic about the number of people who are buying Celine Dion, but the number of people who admit. Did you, was uh, that, well, that was, was that? David Zoll, uh, and he's the one who told me about this book, by the way. I thank David for everything. Um, but uh, yeah, that, uh, yeah, there, there was a story about this guy whose Pandora is the online uh, music genome project. It basically picks up on what your tastes are and plays music for you based on the things that it, based on whether you like it or dislike it. It's sort of, it, isn't that crazy? It's like Big Brother. Um, but I, I use it. And this guy, one guy, Celine Dion, like, kept coming up. And so he's complaining to Pandora about why does Celine Dion keep coming in my feed? And eventually he had to admit, Oh my gosh, it's because I like Celine Dion. <laughs> uh, he didn't like the idea of Celine Yeah, he didn't Dion, like the idea of what she represents. But, but, you know, it has to do with taste. And I don't, I don't know if she's a Christian. A better example that I, a person that I've picked on since he's died is, is uh, Thomas Kincaid. Uh, because um, because I've, I don't think I would have been as comfortable doing it before he died, although his death was interesting because he died of alcohol and Valium overdose. Did you know that about Thomas Kincaid? You know who he is? I'm from California, and so is he. And so everywhere in California, in any sort of kitschy um, tourist district, there's a Thomas Kincaid store. He's the painter of light. Uh, it's just, it's just, um, it's you know, it, it, aesthetically, it, you know, it's 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 pretty. But there's no guts to it. It's sort of devoid of um, um, a soul, almost. Um, I, I, I say this with full under, uh, acknowledgement that there's one hanging up in the, the kitchen at Cranmer House, which I'd love to take down. Um, <laughs> it's my favorite painting. <laughs> um, but uh, he, you know, so anyway, th these are just examples of um, often things that uh, Christians want to pay attention to and consume because they're safe, uh, because uh, they're they're not offensive, um, and for that reason, though, I think they're they're shallow. Um, they don't really get below the surface. Um, uh, they don't really speak to us as much as they're decorative for our walls or sort of pleasant background noise. Um, but good art goes deeper than yeah. that. Yeah, I mean, we've, we've sort of domesticated, right. um, I mean, you've got, in, in, in some sense, you know, I, I mean, the images that I grew up with, you know, one being, and I preached on this before, Jesus as, you know, he's got, it's this beautiful pencil etching, and he's got this little sheep on his shoulder, and, there, and there's a lot of truth to that. But then when I found out from a shepherd what sheep were like, they're like, Oh, no, 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 no. Right. You know, I mean, you basically, the shepherd has, they, they wander off, they only think about themselves, and then when you try to rescue them, they freak out and panic, so that you actually have to tackle them, you have to thwart them. 
and bind them before you can carry them away. And so the reality of the situation ought to be Jesus, you know, worn out with perspiration right. dripping down his, yeah. and the sheep just kind of, eh. um, uh, uh, that and, you know, I mean, my mom was on a real Noah's Ark kick as a kid, like bathroom. This is very thera- therapeutic for me. Thank you. Uh, How does that make you feel? Yeah, we, I mean, she would put stuff, you know, it was Noah's Ark themed in one of the bathrooms at the house. And, uh, you know, these cute little carved animals marching up into the ark and, and all that kind of stuff. And, uh, and then... Uh, Noah's Ark was like massive death and yeah, destruction. It was awful. And I, yeah, and I mean, I, I came across uh, Gustave Doré's engravings, biblical engravings. And there's this one, and I'll, I mean, Noah's Ark is off limits now, but it has the ark in the rising seawaters there, uh, and it, you can see people trying to get into it as they drown. And then in the foreground, there's this um, rock outcropping that is about to be succumbed by the, by the waves. And on it, there is a mother pushing her child up on the lower rock, trying to keep them above water. Right. And then above them on the taller rock is a mother tiger and her cub looking hungrily down at, yeah, yeah. at the child. So put that in your bathroom. Right. Uh, or, yeah. or, or how about that for VBS curriculum? Put that on a T-shirt. Uh, and see. So, I mean, but the thing about it is, is that, you know, good art reflects reality. Yeah. I mean, the reality about life and the reality of, of who God is. And um, art that would, that would um, shield you uh, from the truth um, that would be a projection uh, or something that would encourage you just to always look on the bright side is actually profoundly unhelpful in the long run. Yeah, and I mean, this, I mean to bring it back to Birmingham, this all relates to, um, to uh, revitalization and uh, reaching people that we're not reaching. Because like a lot of young people, um, they pick up on exactly what we're talking about. And so when they see the church not acknowledging sort of reality uh, with, its, um, with its pursuits, uh, it just doesn't ring true. Um, and, uh, you know, we just kind of look foolish. Um, we don't have anything to say. And, I, you know, I'm convinced that there's one truth. There actually is one truth out there. Uh, and whether you articulate it incorrectly or not, there's still a truth, and art is trying to, to get at that. Um, and so someone who's on, the fa- on either side of the faith perspective is still trying to get at that one truth, and that's a place where we can meet as a, a conversation piece. Well, let's, let, let's, let's talk about Celine Dion. Let, let's talk about this painting that you brought up. Let's, well, let's more importantly talk about the things that are actually interesting you. And here, uh, what I see it coming out as is, um, is one thing that's popular is food uh, in Birmingham. Hmm. I'm really interested in food as art. Um, and people seem to be going below the surface with food in Birmingham. I mean, we're not sticking to superficial Wonder Bread, you know, we're, uh, we're actually creating, really, you know, from anything from Highlands to, um, uh, you know, the stuff that's uh, on Second Avenue, uh, like El Barrio, um, you know, we're, uh, I, what, what I was so surprised, as someone from California, which used to be the territory of Mexico, that some of the best Mexican food I've ever had in my life is in Birmingham, Alabama. Uh, I mean, I'm so surprised. But then after being here for a while, I'm not. Because the people here say, 
well, how do we, you know, how do we deconstruct this concept of Mexican food and, and make it really good um, so that people are actually going to want to eat it? It's not just, uh, you know, just a bunch of food to fill you up, but actually it tastes really good. Uh, and I think that those are the places where we can go um, and uh, talk to people about. And uh, they'll eventually warm up to the conversations that, that we want to have um, because it's a place of mutual interest. It's a, it's a, it, again, like I said, it's coming out of this sort of existential place inside of us that's trying to figure out what the whole world's all about. Um, and uh, it relates to burritos, actually. Yeah, yeah. yeah I mean, it, and the Advent is, is a, you know, I think culturally speaking, a lot of people would say the Advent is a safe place because it's, well, it's been here as long as Birmingham has been here. And, uh, and it, it looks like a church, you know. Right. Uh, and we do have a lot of people who simply wander in who have searching questions and are hoping to get those questions answered. And the Advent is a place where they feel like they can get some answers. And I think, too, though, that we've always had a tradition of, of, of going out into the community but, and being a part of the community. But it was, I, I was at Trim Tab once, and I walked in. I had my collar on, and I was messing around and talking to people and working it. And I spied over in the corner in a booth two guys. And one of them was kind of hunkered down, and he kept looking at me. And I thought, what is that guy? And I finally recognized him as another pastor. And I walked over and I was like, oh, hey, Rich, how are you? Not Rich Webster, not Rich Webster. Uh, and uh, this guy's Baptist. And he, um, and he said, he That's said, a pseudonym. Yeah, he said, he said that, uh, he said that, uh, he says, well, therein lies the difference between our churches. I hide here and you just say hello. Uh, uh, now, that's not to make light of, of the issue around alcohol, but, but what it is is that um, because of the, I mean, there's a great deal of freedom for us to engage in a, at a, a level where we can talk about the aesthetic of things without, I hope, uh, people who tend to be very conservative saying, whoa, 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 have you all lost your mind? But also folks who would be very secular or liberal saying, yeah, this is something that, you know, you actually can engage in this conversation and, and we can use it to make inroads for the gospel and, um, and really care for folks yeah. uh, in Birmingham. Yeah, I, uh, you know, again, I, I'm really ex genuinely, from the bottom of my heart, just really excited about the city of Birmingham. I'm so happy to live here. I think we're living the dream almost. Um, there's, uh, in terms of the South, it's uh, sort of representative of the sort of like, things that are you're seeing elsewhere um, in places like uh, Nashville, for example, uh, it, it's happening here as well. Uh, one thing that's um, that's uh, sort of bubbling up and, and is, has been disparate, but is sort of coming together is the music scene here in Birmingham. is also really exciting. You know, uh, you might not need to leave Nashville, leave to go to Nashville to make it anymore in, 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 a, in a few years uh, because the music scene is actually getting that good um, in Birmingham and. Um, I'm just I'm I'm really excited about it, and I hope that the Advent can continue to play a role. We have played a role, just as you said, since the late um, 1800s, um, and being a patron for the arts. I mean, look at our beautiful building, um, and we do have a, a, a fabulous music program here as well. Uh, how do we continue to pay attention to what's going on here and um, uh, play a role, be a patron, um, and uh, and just even just saying to people, I really think what you're doing is great, uh, can help 
tar uh, sort of clean up tarnished views that people have about the church. I mean, that is, if that's a goal alone, that's important to me, actually. Well, let's open it up. Questions, comments, concerns? Just want to ask you guys what your thoughts are on race relations and diversity as it applies to our relationship with the city. You know, I wish I had a better answer. It's one place that, again, as being here only 10 months, that I really feel like that in particular is a, a, a topic that I don't even want to speak on. I, it's an undersight of mine that I haven't even visited the Civil Rights Museum yet, um, and I was just uh, kind of noticing that recently on something that I saw on social media and thought, gee whiz, how have I not been there yet, you know? Um, uh, I wish I had an answer, but I will say this, you know, I, I think in terms of a church perspective, if a church is preaching the gospel and doing the right thing, people of all backgrounds will come around. And, um, and at the same time, church is one of the most sort of, um, not deliberately, but just sort of organically segregated places uh, on a Sunday morning. Uh, and there, for the, for that matter, there are some probably really good black churches in town, and, and, and folks are going to those churches, and God bless them, you know? I mean, we don't want to take them away from that. Um, I wish I had a better answer than what I've observed, I guess, is all I can say. Um, I don't know if you'll add anything. Yeah, I mean, I think in a lot of times the, the conversation it comes at it from the wrong direction. So what, what, what does reconciliation look like? Um, yeah, of course there ought to be diversity in a congregation, but I've got a buddy who's the pastor of a Baptist church on Fifth Avenue heading toward the airport, and, uh, and I was asking him, I said, you know, would you, you know, you know I don't want you to you know, if, lose your job or if you stop pastoring this Baptist church, would you ever come to the Advent? He goes, no way, dude. And I, said, and I was sort of taken back by it. And I was like, I thought we were friends. He goes, we are friends. He said, but the thing is, he's like, that's just not my style. And he says, you got to be okay with that. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's, it, you know, so what does it look like uh, to have reconciliation? And I think that some of the old templates that we have used um, are thankfully finally drying up and, and going by the wayside. And um, so, uh, but yeah, and then just, you know, our motivation to what, I mean, Deborah preached a little bit about it, you know, what, what is it that's motivating us uh, to reconcile uh, with, with other people? So uh, I, I do think, uh, of course, there's always more uh, that we could do, but there are just so many, I mean, Birmingham is, is, a, is a tough nut. Yeah. There are just a ton of underlying issues, things like the school system. And, uh, and I mean, one thing that I'll probably go to jail for saying this, but, um, you know, a lot, of the, a lot of the stuff that's happening in Birmingham right now is through private industry and enterprise, you know, individual citizens doing good stuff. And you know our city and county governments. Uh, <clears throat> uh, and I mean, when's the last time you had to go pay for your tax uh, over at the courthouse? It's just, uh, there's, there's not a lot coming out. The one good thing is all these tax credits that are happening downtown, that is a good thing. But, but there are some underlying issues and structural issues that need to be addressed as well. Sis. Uh, I'm just wondering about our relationship to UAB. I'm an adjunct yeah. professor at UAB, and I don't see us taking advantage of the opportunities of sure. that we have with those kids because they're asking all the right questions, and uh, there are enough of us there uh, engaging with them 
Yeah, well, I don't know if you heard the questions about UAB and our relationship with UAB. I wish it were stronger. I'm trying to work on it. Um, we've hired a new staff member named uh, Brandon Bennett, who's working closely with me, and one of his areas of creative oversight is college ministry. Um, and so he's just getting started. But we had Please a... Please send him to me. Sorry? Please send him to me. Yeah, we will. Yeah. And that's the thing about UAB is um, it's easy for us to have a relationship with Samford University as a whole institution. It's impossible to have a relationship with UAB as a whole institution. You've ha you have to uh, find multiple access points uh, with UAB. And so, like, for example, with you, but there are other places, too. Uh, it, and UAB is the biggest employer in town. Um, mm -hmm. And thank God for UAB. I heard a statistic. Is it true that UAB employs more people than Mercedes? Um, and so a lot of people are jealous of uh, Mercedes being close to Tuscaloosa, but they should be jealous of UAB. I mean, we, it's, I mean a lot of, some of you might be employed by UAB. Um, so uh, I'm trying to access it. <laughs> Do you know Matt's the new Talk assistant football me. coach yeah. at UAB? Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah. We are having in a couple weeks' time a guy who does campus ministry to come in and talk about campus ministry in, in one of these conversations. Yeah. Great. I just want to tell you that uh, in the School of Arts and Sciences, uh, specifically the School of Anthropology, they have opened uh, several courses on education for peace and nonviolence. And it's a perfect entree uh, for the gospel, yeah. uh, the Prince of Peace. And it, the, class, the classes are filling pre-registration, which is saying to us that there's a real hunger for this kind of thing, conflict resolution and nonviolence. Is there anything but fight or flight? And the answer is yes, and it's an opportunity for us. So I hope we can talk As about As a lab, that. you could bring your class to bath time at my house. Uh, <laughs> that, that is fight or flight. Uh, uh, it is. But thank you, Sis. Thank you, Sis. Um, we're going to have to wrap. I've got to leave. Matt, you yeah. do whatever you want to do. I, yeah, I'm going out to brunch. Uh, Anne-Marie Axon. Did Anne-Marie leave? Did she leave? Oh, shoot. Okay. All right. Um, all right, well, I, God bless you all, well, but to, you can stay. To you be continued, I'll, let me just say a couple of things that are coming up I'd love to announce to you, and I'll end on that. Um, we, uh, we talked about Birmingham Creative Roundtable. We're hosting it here in July. Brooke, remind me, is it July 9th? July 9th, 7.30 a.m. in Klingman Commons. That's a Thursday morning. And her husband, who's sitting next to her, David Fleming, is actually the keynote of that event. He's going to be talking about a lot of what I've been talking about with much more expertise. David's the CEO of Rev Birmingham. He's going to be talking about the uh, interplay between place and creativity and what is the role that Birmingham has uh, in affecting creativity and vice versa. And I don't know if you know about this, but in the background, I've been working on a magazine for the advent. Uh, it's going to be a sort of look and feel of an arts and literary journal. Um, and the first issue comes out in September. And a lot of the things that I've been talking about uh, play a big role in the, the magazine itself. And we'll be doing a launch party for that on Wednesday, September 9th at 7 PM in Klingman Commons. I hope you all can come. I'm really excited about it. Thank you, and God bless. Go to church or go to brunch. Yeah.